Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have a fantastic conversation for all of you listeners today, as I am joined by legend in the sport of tennis and USTA Billie Jean King Girls Nationals Tournament Director Lorne Kuehl to discuss all sorts of fascinating topics that I am certain all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, we had to discuss the illustrious history of this girls' 16s, 18s national championship coming up next week in San Diego. Simply put, it's the Super Bowl of the U.S. junior tennis calendar. And without Lorne, the event just wouldn't be what it is today. So it was such a pleasure for me to have the opportunity to pick his brain about how they have made San Diego such a spectacular experience for everyone involved with the event. Of course, since we had Lorne, had to pick his brain about some other things as well. All of those topics, I promise, will be enjoyed by you, the listener. But before we get to today's conversation, a couple of things. A, we will have coverage, first ball to last, of the Girls 18's National Championships this year in San Diego. Our coverage begins this upcoming Sunday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Again, it will begin at 8 a.m. and end whenever the day's matches conclude. Be sure to check it out on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. These are the best of the best in American junior tennis. We will have junior Wimbledon champion Claveri and Ganue. We will have Reese Brantmeyer. We'll have everyone, all the top dogs in action as they compete for that illustrious U.S. Open wildcard, main draw wildcard, excuse me, offered to the girls' 18s champion. We'll have coverage of the 16s as well. Again, you want to know who the best of the best are, be sure to tune in to our broadcast starting next Sunday. Of course, a shout out as always to our friends at Turna for their support of this podcast. You can learn more about every product offered by Turna, how you can join the Turna team today by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. Look, Turner offers the best because it is the best. The, all we can ever do is just let them know we sent you there. Again, email sales at uniquesports.com. Let them know we did. A shout out to the support we get from our dear friends at Turna. With all that said, let's get to it. It is a fascinating conversation. You're all going to enjoy. Here he is, the one and only tournament director, Lorne Kuhl. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The man that sees driving. The amazing Joining us on the podcast today is a man I am looking forward to getting to know more over the next few weeks as our Crack Rackets team is so excited to be able to broadcast his USTA Girls 16s and 18s National Championship event at the Barnes Tennis Center in San Diego. Of course, the winner of that event receives a wild card into the US Open main draw. It's why we're thrilled to be able to broadcast it. It's why I am thrilled to be joined on the show today by Tournament Director. 
director, and two-time Hall of Fame inductee. Not just the San Diego Tennis District <laughs> Hall of Fame, a USTA Midwest Section Hall of Fame selection as well. Welcome onto our podcast, Tournament Director Lorne Kuhl. Lorne, thank you for having our Crack Rackets team in San Diego. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. How are you doing, my friend? Hi, Alex. How are you? Nice to join you, and uh, looking forward to having you come out and uh, and uh, and do our broadcasting on Cracked Rackets for the Girls' Nationals. And I want to thank Trevor Cronin from the SCTA, who really kind of educated me on you guys. And and uh, so we're all one big happy family here. And we got to thank the SCTA for this because they're the really the face of the tournament here. And I'm out there doing whatever we can do to make it happen. See, I'm going to go the other way. They're the grinders who make the tournament happen, but Lorna, you're the pretty face. It was the face of the operation. And so, <laughs> well, come I don't on. Know. I'm, well, I'm, I'm really not a tournament director. I'm a high-end panhandler because I have to go out <laughs> and get money all the time. And uh, that's really what it's all about. And, and we have a, by the way, you know, we have a large budget, just like Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. and we have to raise the funds. And um, guess who, gets, who we get support from? I'm just going to name a few. Andre Agassi has been a fantastic supporter of us. The Bryan brothers, Pam Shriver. We get a lot of very nice people helping us with the tournament. And, of course, Billie Jean King. She comes and she makes an appearance here and spends three or four or five days. And that's priceless. You can't buy that. It shows you. She is passionate about this event. And, uh, and she shows up and it's just it raises it to another level. Yeah. So. No, I really should have specified tournament director of the USTA, Billie Jean King, girls national 16s and 18s champion. Yeah, that's day. exactly what it is. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And yeah. again, it's a credit to you. Yeah. Elite fundraiser there. Look, there are rumors that a lot of presidential candidates are jockeying to get you on their team, Lorne. And maybe that's a discussion we'll have to have a different time no. because, uh, yeah, elite of the elite fundraisers. But you talk about this, you know, again, the people invested in this event and you know, for people who don't know, this is the Super Bowl of the junior calendar in the USA. This is the premier junior event where, as I alluded to, winner of the 16s main draw gets a wild card into the U.S. Open juniors. Uh, the winner of the 18s, of course, a wild card into the U.S. Open main draw. And over the years, we've seen players like CeCe Bellis, Sonia Kennan maybe in more recent memory, but countless others go directly from San Diego to having success on the Pro Tour. And Perhaps, I I guess that's my synopsis of why this event matters. But again, for those listeners who may not be aware, talk to us about the history of this event. Talk to us about the prestige of this event as well. Well, the tournament's been around, I think, 105 years, uh, something (laughs) like that. And uh, as you said, every single player you see that's an American on the WTA tour played this event, whether it's Coco Goff or Chris Everett or Lindsay Davenport, or Sophia Kennan, and they've all come through the ranks. They've all played this event, and this is where champions are made. By the way, that's our little slogan, where champions are made. And um, and, uh, and it is true that anyone that's ever been a great player played this tournament. So uh, we're proud of our field. And this year, uh, and you're going to you're gonna have to help me with the pronunciation of the girl's name, Claire V., Enganui, of course. Yes, the Enganui, uh, the recent and, junior Wimbledon Nui. champ. Yes, the recent and junior Wimbledon lu- champ. Yeah, I was lucky enough to meet her somewhere along the line this year, and she was just a delightful, wonderful, beautiful person. And she's playing this tournament, and so I'm very proud of the fact that she's coming to play this because guess what? 
they could very easily duck this tournament because they don't want to lose. And that's a bad thing. I've seen that happen in the past where somebody's won a junior Wimbledon. Then they didn't want to play the tournament because, in my opinion, they don't want to lose to a junior. And uh, they think that they've uh, they've gone so far. They've won a junior Wimbledon and they don't need to play it. But this year they are, they're showing up. And we also have Reese Brantemeyer coming, who is a heck of a player. And she's going to be seated number one. And she's going to University of North Carolina, I think, right now. And, of course, this really is part of the U.S. Open because it's, it's, it's a qualifying for the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal. It's worth a million dollars for somebody to win this tournament, in a sense, because if they win the tournament, somebody like a Nike or Adidas or somebody's going to go to them and offer them a contract with benchmarks. You know, I'm not saying it's worth a million dollars immediately, but they might say, well, if you make the top 200, you get this. Make the top 100, you get that. They're going to be offered opportunity, you know, by winning this event. So, and not to mention the record books, which is a, it's a great thing. So, anyway, I could go on and on about that. So, also the winner of the doubles gets a wild card in the street into the doubles as well. By the way, if you lose in the first round of the U.S. Open, it's was seventy five thousand dollars. Exactly. So, I was going to say maybe not a million, but a hundred thousand legitimately yeah. right away. Well, right off the bat, I say a million on the come, possibly yeah, down the exactly. road if they perform or something like that. They'll get a contract. They'll be offered a contract with, with some big numbers in it if you do this and if you do that. But, um, yeah, they're going to get 75000 to win the tournament just if they lose the first round. So I remember when CeCe Bellis won the tournament and she played the number 12 seed in the first round at the U.S. Open. I forgot who that was, Sibolinka or something like that. Yeah, sure. And guess what? She beat it. You know, so anyway, uh, things happen. So that's where we are. We're starting August 5th and uh, ready to roll. Yeah, no, I mean, you mentioned it. Just about everyone. You look through the past champions list. Recently, obviously, you've got examples like Ashlyn Kruger and, you know, Katie Volleynets, who's now a top 100 player. She won the event back in 2019. Oh, yeah. Another super girl, Nets. She's a delightful girl. Exactly. And so it hasn't even been that long. Similarly, on the other side, you look at some of the doubles champions and who they've had over the years. I mean, again, Lindsay Davenport, Lisa Raymond, you want to go more recently, you've had players like Katie McNally, who's now one of the top 50 players in the world. And so, yeah, all these different things. I mean, the field is exceptional. Uh, obviously, across the board, I think it's it's a spectacular event. And, you know, you mentioned it to have Reese Brantmeyer coming back and uh, Claire V. Nguyen, like They won the doubles titles last year. And look That's at what right. they've done subsequently. Reese, a national championship. Claveri, junior Wimbledon title. So that's a testament to the quality. Talk to me about what this event means to San Diego, to the Barnes Tennis Center, because I know what that Kalamazoo community, how excited they get. I know your sister coached at Western Michigan, which is part of the site for the Kalamazoo, so I know how familiar with it you are as well. Talk to me about this San Diego community. Well, I'll tell you what's happened. Because of this tournament, we kind of raise it to another level a few years ago. You know, we we did some things that weren't done before and we kind of have a, we jokingly say we want to outperform Kalamazoo, you know, <laughs> kidding. but we certainly, they set the gold standard. Kalamazoo set the gold standard. So we think we have matched that and maybe we're even doing better. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. We're all one big happy family. But <coughs> excuse me, the San Diego community is behind this. And because we elevated this tournament, guess what's happened? The trickle down effect is this at the Barnes Tennis Center in San Diego. We had an ATP event, 
We had two WTA events. Now we've got another WTA 500 coming in September, and we have another, this is a 500, by the way, and another one coming on week nine of the calendar, 2024, right before Indian Wells. So this is all a trickle down from this girls tournament. And with Billie Jean King coming here, it just raised a lot of awareness to tennis and particularly women's tennis. And so uh, uh, it, it means a lot to economic impact is always uh, something too, but the, all the tennis, all these other tournaments, my gosh, they had 64 tournaments at the Barnes Tennis Center last year. So there's just one right after another. And to me, I kind of say this is all because of the fact that we got this girls nationals and raise it to another level. And uh, we got brand new administration at the Barnes Tennis Center. Ryan Redondo was in there. Unfortunately, he just resigned. We're bringing in somebody new, but he's still going to be the tournament director for the WTA 500s. And it's just so the whole thing is that it's been a it's been a huge impact on San Diego. We like to think it's the Wimbledon of Southern California. Here. Every <laughs> single thing that's happening is here, except for the BNP. But I must mention, too, the SCTA also has got some real go-getters in there. And they got this SoCal Pro Series circuit going. Yeah, 16, 16 tournaments, uh, uh, Alex. And I say eight men and eight women. And there's only 90 in the whole United States. So we just added 16. The Southern Cal Tennis Association did that. And what's that? That's like 20% increase just when the Southern Cal doing that. So we've had a, I think we've, the, the floodgates have opened up and we've had all kinds of things happen all because of this girls tournament and the SCTA going out there and doing a heck of a job. And by the way, I want to say it again. The SCTA is the face of this event. Without them, this can't happen. So uh, we're all, we're all uh, one family together, San Diego and the SCTA and we want to keep going. So that's what we're doing. Just now, doing the best we can. What you guys have done to bring the degree of tennis you have to the Southern California community, you know, our crack racket team was fortunate enough, you mentioned it, to be on the call for those USTA SoCal events. And I should have mentioned this with Reese Brantmeyer. She's not only a national champion, an NCAA doubles finalist as well. She won her first career pro singles title on the USTA SoCal Pro Series not that long ago, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And oh, which one did she win, Alex? I didn't uh, see that. I, I want to say one of the Lakewood ranches, one of the final two. Okay. She, she takes the singles title there. She, you know, again, has multiple doubles titles in her career as well right. on the pro circuit. And it's just like you want to see the next best things. You've mentioned it. Every talented American woman has featured, uh, has filtered through this USTA Nationals event and. Yeah, it's, I think it's San Diego's embrace of them that makes this event thrive each and every year. And you've alluded to it already here, but to get people like Billie Jean King, Andre Agassi, and not just those, but so many others to commit to financially contribute to this event, to make it the scene that it deserves to be. Talk to me about what that process is like. Give me the secrets, Lorne. Well, here's the deal. Look, there's no money in junior tennis. We all sure. do this for the love of the game. We're trying to promote tennis because we love it. And we're trying to promote junior tennis. So, you know, there's no admission, you know, so and we spend money. Everything costs money, unfortunately. So, um, uh, you know, what we got to do is we got to go out and find a way to make this thing uh, keep happening. And it, everything costs a lot of money, unfortunately. And the officials cost a lot of money. The food costs a lot of money. And uh, but we you'll see when you come. I mean, we feel like we. We dress up the facility. It looks just like a pro tournament. And uh, I want these girls to feel like that. You know, by the way, I want to tell you this. 99% of these girls that are there will go on with full college scholarships. And 
The other one or two percent, maybe they'll play pro tennis. But for most of these girls, this will be the most important event they'll ever play in their lifetime. And um, so we want to make it a great experience for them. And we do everything we can. We got the community behind it. And uh, we, we copy. Look, I, I, I just copy stuff. I see it the other terms. They go to Wimbledon. I'm going to get a Wimbledon towel. So we got a Wimbledon towel. <laughs> or we got a nice shirt. Or we have a nice bag. And so, you know, we get a kick out of making the girls feel good. And uh, we have a beautiful player party by the old spaghetti factory. Uh, we have all the college coaches come and they recruit. We must have a hundred college coaches there, just like you may have seen in Kalamazoo. And we have the West Women's uh, Coaching, a new association, Women's Coaching Association. I forgot the exact name of it. They have a lot of speakers now. They're going to be coming. Brian Teacher, Marianne Wardell, and a lot of well-known people are going to be on the property. And, uh, and then to top it off, we're going to have a highlight show with the tennis channels producing it, Harold Hecht and the and we're going to show this uh, this highlight show. It's going to be shown during the second week of the U.S. Open. So we're very proud of that. And that exposure is it's a great thing. And, uh, you know, every every athlete, the man or woman, the, their beginnings come through television. They're seven, eight, nine years old. And they see a baseball player, a basketball player, a tennis player on television. They see it. And that's what gets them going like that. And that's what we're doing. We're bringing this tournament to the public through, through you guys, through Crack Rackets, and through the Tennis Channel. And we hope it's inspirational to make kids play tennis and, and develop a lot of players. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't well, agree with you more. And, yeah, these are the events. Every American junior, you're absolutely right, aspires to reach, uh, to reach and qualify for because you mentioned it. As excited as I am to watch the tennis, as excited as I am to bring that tennis to a broader tennis community, it's really fun to have all of those college coaches there as well. And you just have all these tennis minds all centralized in one location. And yeah, it's just from there, good things always happen to this for the sport. And so again, I, I can't emphasize enough how grateful on behalf of the tennis community we all are for your continued efforts and making this event happen. And you talked about it more than anything your passion, your commitment is to grow this sport. Is And, and again, I, I'm sure it is a long story, and we would love to hear it. This is why I ask, where does that come from for you? Where is that, per, you know, that relentless passion year in, year out, doing all these unglorified things, raising the money, and again, putting on this event? Where does that passion come from for you? Well, I'm going to be 100% honest. The genesis for me the seed for me, the inspiration for me was Bobby Riggs. I was very lucky to have been mentored by Bobby Riggs. I ended up working for him. I ended up managing him. I ended up working on the promotion for the Battle of the Sexes where my friendship with Billie Jean King came. I saw how things happened. I was a coach when he played Billie Jean King. And really, if it wasn't for that match, we might not even have this tournament the way it is now because I became friends with Billie Jean through that match. And once I took over this tournament, I went to her and she agreed to put her name on it. So really Bobby Riggs is helping this tournament, even though he's long gone. So that, by the way, hasn't been brought up much. This is the 50th anniversary mm -hmm. of the Bobby Riggs, Billie Jean King match. Mm -hmm. So, um, and here's another thing, and we're going to use this in the tennis channel. You know what? This is the 70th anniversary of a very famous event in women's tennis. And I actually was lucky enough to have dinner one night recently with Billie Jean and Rosie Casals. And I said, mm -hmm. this is the 70th anniversary of a very famous thing in women's tennis. 
and Billie Jean got it within 10 seconds. She said, oh, 50, 50, 70 years ago, that's 1953, boom. Maureen Connolly won, was the first woman to win the Grand Slam in women's tennis. So yeah. this is a 70th anniversary. We're going to put that in the highlight show. And she's from San Diego, by the way. But to most of these kids today, it's like talking about a Christopher Columbus or something like that. <laughs> it's so long ago. But when you're older like us, we appreciate the history of the game. I know Roger Federer appreciates the history of the game. Uh-huh. All those great champions appreciate the history of the game. And so Marine Conley was a big deal. And uh, I don't know, I'm just rambling here. Yeah. No, was, uh, this is what I want on. to hear because, yeah. by the way, they say a good podcaster always knows how to lead the witness. You get asked about the Battle of the Sexes and – you know, again, your involvement in that event in every interview you do. And so I was hoping, I was like, you know what, I'm going to work my way there slowly but surely. But uh, to your point, it was funny. You say 1953. In my mind, I thought 1973. Obviously, that's a massive year uh, for the WTA Tour. And it's. The, I was like, but that's, I, I was doing math in my head, which maybe is why you saw me make a strange face. And I was like, wait, that's 50 years, though. I was like, that's 70 50, years yeah, ago. The, yeah, well, by the way. celebrating uh, 50 years for equal prize money yes. right now. That's kind of the big thing for this year. But it was, it's also the 50th anniversary of the Riggs match in mm-hmm. September of 1973. Mm-hmm. But they've done so much about that. We don't need to keep beating that dead horse. Well, but, uh, oh, well, just for the record, uh, Maureen Connolly, yes, she won the Grand Slam, but more impressively, yeah. Maureen Connolly, 1949-1950, USTA Girls Nationals champion. Now, it wasn't That's called right. the Billie Jean King event then, but she swept That's singles right. and doubles. So we respect the history always yeah. here yeah. at Crack Rackets and one of the great champions in the game, to your point, 50 years this September, what's harder, selling that event in the moment or trying to sell an event like this USTA Girls Nationals now? Yeah, well, I mean, if you ask me what made that match work in 1973, yeah. it was sure. one answer, Bobby Riggs. You know, he was out promoting the match, and he was like Muhammad Ali. He couldn't say hello or goodbye in less than 2,000 words, and he's on every talk show and every magazine. And, of course, he, the whole thing started when he beat Margaret Court, Right here in San Diego, by the way, who was number one in the world. And Billie Jean took up the uh, challenge, and then she beat him fair and square. And uh, and that was a great thing. And Bobby really won the match. Do you know why he won the match? I'll explain. But no. Okay. Well, no, he, he ended up making money out of it. The reason he won the match is because had he won the match by a score, it would have been lost forever. Yeah. But by losing... Now they're still talking about it. What other tennis player are they talking about today that's 50 years old? Nobody. You hardly yeah. even hear anyone mention, you know. So he really came out ahead by losing the match. That's the way I look at it. And that's we're proud great. of that. And then it was great for women's rights. It was great. Billie Jean beat him. And it couldn't have been a better scenario. So he really was a victor. That's the way I look at it. So we just don't count the score. It was really operation for us. It was operation perfect, but the patient died you know, in the match. But uh, in any case. No, the question now is like, to get a moment like that, would Iga have to play, I don't know, Mats Wielander in a match? Like, is that the equivalent nowadays? It's a ridiculous proposition in the first place. It's like saying, let's take the world champion weightlifter than the men's versus (laughs) the women's or something. Men and women are two different structures physically. There's There's no comparison. I mean, it, it, the strength and their speed is different for the men. So it, it, it really is a it, 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 the proposition doesn't make any sense. I mean, uh, so uh, it's fair. Well, I it, guess my question it, then is how does tennis 
find because again that was a moment for the sport just more broadly where everyone in the sporting world were watching tennis because this is fascinating and i'm just curious right. if you think ten it's capable for tennis to generate that degree of interest ever again well you you have some big moments and, and wimbledon was one of them just recently yeah. i mean i don't know what the viewership was but that was historic so i think if you can create something that's historic or something it becomes historic and then of course uh, you know, it, it gets a lot of attention and uh, not that every big Grand Slam final is historic, of course, but let this sure. one in Wimbledon was historic. Either way, if Alcaraz wins, it was historic, the brand new guy coming in, or if Djokovic wins, he's on to win the possible Grand Slam. By the way, I'm curious why he's not playing Toronto. I saw he pulled out of Toronto because if he doesn't play any matches between Wimbledon and U.S. Open, he ain't winning the U.S. Open. I can tell you that you can't go that whole period and not play a match. So I don't know what he's thinking. That's my opinion. Anyway, I'm w- I wish him well. And he's, a, he's such a great player, but I, I hope he's going to play a couple of tournaments or something in between then and now. I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, why he's not playing. He cited fatigue. Yeah. But, okay, um, I mean, he's, he's mastered peaking at the majors, but yeah, I mean, we want to see him for sure. I, I couldn't, dis- uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, again, it is, it is fascinating because uh, what did you what do you think of Alcaraz? Just my again, I know we're a little off topic here, but let's. Well, I'm curious I mean, what I you mean, see. We, we know how great he is, but I've heard it said over the years. You know who the greatest player of all time is? It's whoever's number one at the moment. You know, <laughs> and so of course the guy's a great player, and time will tell. Let's see. Mm-hmm. The guy works so hard. I hope he's not injury prone or something like that. And I mean, I, I, I wish him well, and he's great for the game, and it's exciting. And I like the guy because he comes in, you know, he, he's not glued to the baseline. He does everything. He's an all around player. So, uh, you know, I, I think it'd be great if we could have another great champion, but how often are you going to have Elvis Presley, Frank Sinatra and, you know, together, like we had Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic and Murray, I mean, for 20 some years or something. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Is that ever going to happen again? I don't think so. I, no. I can't imagine. No, I, 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 that's perfectly put. But, is you, it's the Beatles all touring together at the same time it, it, as you have these yeah, superstars. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just once-in-a-lifetime type guys, and I hope mm-hmm. Alcaraz gets to that level too. I mean, it'd be great for tennis, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see. I hope, hope he does well. I think yeah. it's up for grabs. There's a lot of guys out there that can win a Grand Slam right now. There's a good six or seven of them up that, that might come through. Including two or three of our Americans. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a really fun era for tennis because it does feel like we are turning the page. And, you know, in that turn, obviously, if you're looking for future stars, full circle here, this San Diego Billie Jean King USTA Girls National 16s and 18s Championships is the event for you. There have been a lot of great champions, a lot of great names over the years. But just to emphasize this to listeners, because I'm sure when they see an Alcaraz, you see an Iga. You know it when you see it, when it's just this player has that star quality. Has there been anyone in the history during your time as tournament director who you've watched and you're just like, I know she is going to be a star? Because I feel like you get those opportunities at the San Diego event. Yeah, I mean, I've only been doing this about seven years. I mean, yeah. I, I did see something special with Coco when I saw her play there, and and, uh, and uh, Coco could have played uh, this event last year. By the way, there's a fun fact for you: instead of playing the World Tour Finals, she could be like, "Actually, sorry, I got to go play San Diego. I'm still young enough yeah, to do it. Like, yeah. it's just crazy." Well, she did play the women's tour here. She yeah. played the the WT event we had. Sure. And um, 
I don't know. It's hard to see. I mean, you look for, for girls that have weapons and, and the, the intangibles. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Reese Brantemeyer is a heck of a player. Everybody matures at a different speed. You know, here you've got Alcaraz at 19 doing what takes some guys till they're 25 or 26 to do. So you, it's the same with the women. You never know. It, uh, I mean, look at Sophia Kennan came out of, I remember when she played my Easter Bowl, you know, and yeah. she got beat. And then next thing you know, she wins the Australian Open. So mm-hmm. you just you just never know. Um, yeah. You just look for players that, that, that come through in the big points and they've got a good-looking game and um, and uh, just see what happens. No, absolutely. And again, we are really looking forward to that event for listeners who are curious. We are going to have coverage of that event from first round to last on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. That event, of course, starting August 6th, I believe, at the Barnes Tennis Center going all the way through, of course, August 13th. It's going to be a fun week. It's the best juniors in the world. Uh, obviously, again, we're so grateful to have the opportunity to be there. Now, before I let you go, though, I mentioned those things in the intro. I got to ask. You look, uh, again, and I think this is a really cool thing, two-time Hall of Fame inductee. Not once. Two well, different Hall of Fames for you, Lorne. What did that mean to yeah. you to, 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 again, get that sort well, of recognition? I, well, I don't think I deserve anything. I'm just out here trying to have a little fun and do this thing going. I don't know. It was very kind, and and, and I'm honored to, to be listed in those things. In Indianapolis, we did it last year. That's your home, right, in Indianapolis? Mm-hmm. And that's really one of the greatest cities in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great sports town, and I'm very, very fond of, uh, of of Jennifer Reinwell there and Barbara Wynn and uh, all the people in Indianapolis and uh and you've always been the home of a lot of tennis. And uh, maybe someday you'll get another event right there. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm very honored to be part of a group of people. I don't think I deserve anything. But anyway, that's another deal. I uh, also, well, you're far too humble. I also have two siblings. And I'm just curious, do you and Betsy just, it's like, hey, we're the two-time Hall of Famers. Like, they, you guys are the duo. And then yeah. obviously Chuck's a life in tennis as well. Is he like, what do I got to do? Well, Chuck kind of got me started this tournament stuff because many years ago he was doing a challenger in Decatur and I was, I owned a club in the desert and I was talking to him one day and, and about this, there was a 25 K women's up in Rockford sure. and the guy was giving it up. And so I thought, well, maybe I ought to do that. Chuck is doing one in Decatur. So I, I kind of copied Chuck and I started one off about 15 years ago. So I did about 10 of those women's 25 K's uh-huh. in the desert. And, uh, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to make a deal and acquired the Easter Bowl about 12 years ago. And I, I was proud of that. We got that going pretty good. Now I've transferred the ownership of that over to the Indian Wells Tennis Garden. Mm-hmm. And they have got uh, the Easter Bowl there, and they do an unbelievable job. It's so inspirational for these kids to be able to play tennis at the tennis garden. One week you've got Federer and Nadal, and the next week you're playing on the same courts. It's kind of like a little leaguer going to Yankee yeah. Stadium. Sure. And so that, that's a great thing. So I get a kick out of that. Yeah. And uh, it's, I, I like to make things happen. It's fun. And um, anyway. Yeah. No, that's that's the kindest way of saying, yes, we rub it into Chuck. And we say, hey, we're the two-time crew. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Betsy, too. And Betsy's been running yeah. tournaments up there. The Zonals and, and coaching Kalamazoo up in Western Michigan. Uh-huh. And so uh, anyway, we all got it in our blood. Betsy just got to the finals of the 65 women's. Uh, doubles last week, the grass in doubles. You know, she got a silver ball. She didn't get the gold ball, but she got the silver ball. Yeah. So that's ridiculous. And, it's a family. It's, it, it just shows show tennis is a family sport. It really is, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we came from a small town in Decatur, Illinois, but they've always had a lot of tennis interest there. Sure. And uh, and uh, I like the Midwest. I love Indianapolis. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you guys, you're a hub of tennis there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry you don't have that RCA anymore. Is it, was that the last time it was mm-hmm. the RCA? Yes. We, we should come put our brains together and come up with something for Indianapolis. Yeah. You Rajiv Ram had a challenger in 2022, which was a moment. But I agree that indie pro tennis event, I've heard stories that, you know, they used to go the players in the event got to go practice with the Indiana Pacers the day before. And, you know, again, oh, pro tennis in yeah. the Midwest, I, I agree. We need more of it because well, we have especially too many now since, Especially now since you've lost Cincinnati, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big loss. Unofficially. Yeah, I'm still, you know, again, I'm ready to get out the picket signs if we have to. And, you know, well, I, I hope keep something it. good comes out of it, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, Indianapolis would be a good place to have something, even if it's a special event. Yeah. All right. We'll have to continue that conversation off mic because I'm intrigued, my friend. And, you know, again, more yeah. than anything else, I can't emphasize enough how excited, how grateful our Crack Rackets team really is to be able to be in San Diego for this event. I've said it before. I've been to Kalamazoo, never gotten to experience the girls 18s in San Diego. So I feel like this is just another thing as I try to yeah. make knock off all the tennis bucket list items. So yeah. excited to be there and uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with us today. No, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're coming. I'm looking forward to you guys coming. So uh, it'll be a great part of the tournament to offer you for your service and all these people that can watch this thing. Yeah. So no, we will have some fun. Well, Lorne, thank you for taking the time okay, to join Alex. us. Be safe, Thanks be healthy. We will talk okay. more soon. All right, Alex. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with USTA Billie Jean King Girls 16s and 18s National Championships Tournament Director Lorne Kuehl on all things coming up next week in San Diego. Again, we'll have coverage first ball to last on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel starting on Sunday. So be sure to tune in at some point of the week. You want to see who the best rising talent is in American junior tennis. This is the event for you. Again, coverage beginning next Sunday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. A massive thank you to Lorne and the entire USTA Billie Jean King team uh, for incorporating our Crack Rackets team, giving us the opportunity to shine a spotlight on, again, what will be a phenomenal week of tennis. Of course, if you're wondering what's happening in the pro tennis world, we got you covered here as well. Mini break podcast, great shot podcast, rocking and rolling. You can find all of that content on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an ending job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Shout-out to him. Shout-out as well to our friends at Turner. Remember, email sales at uniquesports.com today to learn how you can join the Turner family. With all of that said, for the fantastic Lorne Kuehl, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.